Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today here on this Tuesday. A very busy day on the program in segment one coming up here in just moments. Jim Shannon, the longtime coach of the New Albany Bulldogs, will join us. And we're going to start the program today with Coach Shannon because last night Romeo Langford had quite a game and in the first preseason game of this upcoming NBA season for the Celtics. He had a big steal at the end of the ball game, then got the ball right back and drilled a three from the left side for the Celtics to get the victory in their opening preseason game of the year. So good stuff from Romeo in game number one of the preseason. I know a lot of people here locally hoping he can keep that up throughout the preseason and into the regular season as well for the Celtics. So we'll talk some Romeo with Coach Shannon, but we'll also dig into the Bulldogs for the upcoming season when he joins us here in just a few moments. Also later in the program today, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with us. We'll talk the latest in IU basketball coming out of Hoosier hysteria on Saturday. Lots of recruiting news out there and plenty of other things to chat regarding Mike Woodson's team here in just a little bit. And then later in the hour, Matt Weaver is going to join us today in place of Mike Pegram. Matt, of course, is the football writer for Peaks.com. And with Matt, uh, we'll talk IU football. There are some negative storylines. The loss to Penn State on Saturday night. We're still going through that. And uh, a player leaving the program, Tim Baldwin, yesterday entering the transfer portal. Uh, we'll see how this team uh, is faring on their bye week, a good week for IU football. I think there's no question about that, to have a break, to have a bye, to have a chance to uh, get some players healthy again. And after a rough go of it, a rough start to the season with a 2-3 and three record and lots of Big Ten challenges ahead, Probably a good thing just simply to have a lesser uh, important week when it comes to football and an opportunity for a little break as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And also a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. Love to hear from you today at 502-414-1450. Romeo's big shot last night. Did you see? that. Uh, IU football questions for Matt Weaver. IU basketball stuff for Mike Schumann. You can send them in at 502-414-1450. Don't forget the Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and, of course, delicious donuts as well. Let's uh, go to Jim Shannon, the head coach of New Albany here in this opening segment. Coach, I think you're stepping away from a fall practice for a few moments to join us. Appreciate that. And how about Romeo Langford last night, coach? A big shot. 
to help get the Celtics preseason started with a victory. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, just great that uh, he had that opportunity and that he took advantage of it. Uh, who knows? Maybe that's something that triggers a confidence in in him that will spark him to go on and play at an even higher level than he's already playing at. Coach, I know a lot of hope for Romeo this season for the Celtics year three. He had a good summer league. He was actually healthy, got a chance to, to contribute in most of the uh, Boston summer league games out in Vegas. And, of course, we expect him to get plenty of opportunity in the preseason as well. But it remains to be seen exactly what his role will be like for the Celtics this regular season. I think finally, Coach Shannon, we can look back at Romeo and say he's had a productive, healthy offseason. Uh, yeah, there's no question about that. I think when he's healthy, uh, he's able to really contribute to, uh, to the success of the team. Uh, I think he's able to play at a high level. Unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot a lot of the time that he spent playing basketball, he's been hurt. And, you know, that's really no fault of his own, but something you just have to play through. And I think he's found a way to play through those injuries. I think he's found a way to get better. Uh, why he was sitting out, whether it was working uh, in the weight room or uh, with a strength coach or if he was working uh, just with somebody on the shot or individual skill development. I, I can just see a, a big, big change in him, both from the standpoint of how he's playing and strength-wise, how much stronger he's gotten. Uh, some of that's just through the natural maturation process of him getting older. But a lot of it has to do with the work that he's put in, and uh, you know we're so proud of him. The fact that he's able to go out and play for an NBA team, where they kind of look for him to be their their go-to guy when it comes to being a defensive stopper. I mean, a lot of times you'll see him on the best player on the other team. And I know that uh, when Rowe played for us, you know there would always be people that would sometimes criticize his defense, but that was because he was so prolific offensively that uh, he scored so many points for us that a lot of times his defense got. Uh, kind of got played down a little bit and you know in high school is not pro so I think Romeo's figured out that uh, for him to get the minutes he'd like to get one way to get those is to, to be a heck of a defender and hopefully the offense will come it has come uh, on certain nights so he's played really well offensively uh, if he can get into a steady flow and get steady minutes and, and get the ball to where he can get up some shots uh, you know nothing creates confidence more than that getting into a rhythm. It's hard to get into a rhythm if you only take a couple shots every seven or eight minutes, but if you can, if you can get the ball in your hands and get up some shots, um, I think that's what, that will give him um, uh, the ability to show people what he can really do. Jim Shannon joining us here in this opening segment brought to you by Zaxby's. Coach, uh, before we get to the Bulldogs for the upcoming season, Romeo for the Celtics, Josh Rogers just finished his season pitching with the Nationals, Rondale Moore, who was on your state championship squad back when Romeo was a sophomore as well, playing for the Arizona Cardinals on Sundays in the NFL. Do you ever flip around sports on the weekends and say, my goodness, we've had quite a run here at New Albany High School? Yeah, it's crazy to have, uh, you know, I know Rondell did not graduate with us, but he certainly was uh, on our 2015 state championship team. And he'll always be a part of that. There's no question about that. Uh, so down the road when we have our reunions, we'll hope that Rondell will, will join us for those things. But, uh, yeah, certainly proud of him, what he's been able to do, uh, not only at the collegiate level with Purdue, but now with Arizona uh, in the NFL, he's playing really, really well. 
and getting a lot of uh, a lot of time on the field, and a lot of reps in terms of him handing the ball off to him now and then, and obviously passing him the ball. So we're very proud of him. And Josh Rogers has been incredible uh, since getting an opportunity to go up and pitch for the Nationals. Uh, he's taken advantage of it. I got the team play live. Uh, that was awesome. But I've also watched him on television. Most of those games that he's pitched in. And uh, he's been in every game. He's won a few of them and lost a few, but he's been in every single game and done his part. Just not getting a whole lot of, of run production. Uh, playing with the Nationals, they've been down a little bit, and uh, they're just not scoring a lot of runs. So, uh, you know, when Josh gives up three or four runs, then pretty much that takes him out of the game because he's just he's not getting any runs behind him. So we're very, very proud of him and what he's been able to do and really, really hoping and praying that uh, he'll be called up permanently. Uh, over, the, over the winter as we get ready to approach spring next year. And I know right now the focus in Major League Baseball is on the uh, playoffs, uh, even though the match won't be in that. So, yeah, we're, we're very proud of him. And, of course, we've already talked about Romeo. Everybody knows how we feel about him. Yeah, no question. Jim Shannon, my guest coach, let's talk about the Bulldogs for the upcoming season. We can hear the team shooting and practicing the sh- shoes squeaking uh, at the doghouse in the background. I know you guys are hard at it today. The big storyline in the offseason is obviously Tucker Biven, quite a baseball prospect. He also is a pretty doggone good basketball player as well. He's back to help lead the way for New Albany, and you also have the departure of Caden Stanton, who transferred in the offseason to Ballard. So Bibbin back, Stanton gone. Tucker will have a lot on his shoulders this year. Yeah, there's no question about that, but he's a strong-natured kid. Uh, he's very, very strong mentally. Uh, physically, he's gotten much stronger, and he's a year older. So uh, look for him to uh, carry the load for us in terms of his leadership and, and what we need from him uh, in helping these young guys come along. Uh, Jaden Thompson has really improved his game. Uh, it's been a lot of hours in the gym, and I think people will really, really be surprised at how much better he's gotten. And so we're counting on him to help us with that offensive load and uh, certainly looking for leadership out of him. And really hoping and praying that Maddox Schmelz gets back as soon as he possibly can. It looks like the uh, prognosis there is going to be about early December, late November, uh, that he'll be able to get going again. So I look for him to be back playing basketball in the middle of December. So that'll give him, you know, virtually 75 to 80% of the season he'll be able to play. Most important thing is he'll be able to play down the stretch. That's when we'll really need him for the tournament. Uh, Jack Andrews coming back. Uh, Jackson uh, had a knee injury. In our uh, early, early in the season, in our scrimmage, in his heritage, and, uh, he'll be back. Uh, it's been a tougher process for him to get back. Uh, he's working really hard at trying to get the knee rehabilitated. Uh, I would say he's nowhere near 100%, but he is released and he is practicing and he is getting better. Uh, but again, it's going to take some time for him to get to 100%. But. I think by uh, middle of December, late December, he'll be back to 100% for sure and be playing his best basketball. So, you know, those are the guys that are in the forefront of my mind when it comes to the kids that will be helping us and the injuries that we've had to go through and sustain. Uh, certainly looking for big things out of Justin Carter. Justin played a lot of basketball for us last year. He's probably uh, our most talented player just in terms of what he brings to the basketball court in, in terms of his uh, 
physical ability. He can get to the rim really quick. He can finish strong. He's a very long. He's got incredible vertical jump. So we're looking for, for really big things out of him. So uh, we got Chase Rush uh, coming back. Tommy Devine, both of those guys are going to get a lot of playing time on the varsity and really help us to be successful. And Jeremy Rose will pick up some minutes uh, here and there for our varsity. And we're looking for some help at the uh, guard position from him. And we had a, a young man move in uh, named Marcus Bennett. Marcus is showing some uh, some extremely high skills in terms of how he handles the ball, how quick he is. He's just trying to learn how to fit in and get used to what we're doing because everything that we're doing is very, very new to him. And so he's trying to catch on to what's happening. But he's a great kid, and we're really looking for for big things out of him. So, you know, we got a, a, a lot of kids here to look at, and a lot of kids I think are going to help us. We might even see Ben Seager play a little bit of varsity basketball before it's over. Just hard to tell. We've got a great freshman class that we're looking at. Most of them are Jim Shannon of New Albany, our guest coach. It's really hard to hear you with all the background noise. One quick question before we let you get back to practice. Uh, one of the things about this New Albany team, the schedule for the upcoming season, obviously you've got the Hoosier Hills Conference games, including rival games like Jeff and Floyd Central, which are always good. But other big ones on the schedule this year, Zionsville, Carmel, those are not new con test but Indianapolis Cathedral coming to the doghouse on January 8th this team come late in the season come tournament time they are going to be battle tested with the schedule you guys have this year oh there's no question about that uh our schedule's tough I mean it really is and we try to beef it up now and then and and, you know play the kind of competition that we're going to have to see so that gets us ready for the sectional, but it also gets us ready for the regional because when, once you get to the regional, you're going to see top caliber teams. And, of course, if you're able to make it to the semi-state, you're going to see best team left uh, besides the, the other two out of the north. So, yeah, it, it, the schedule's great. Uh, people are going to get to see a lot of good basketball. There's going to be a lot of talent uh, coming into our gym. Some of it will be our own. Some of it will be from the opposition. Uh, but we, we certainly are looking forward to each and every night trying to compete against these you know, top-rated teams. Uh, I think that uh, Jeffersonville will be preseason top five, no question. Cathedral will be, uh, no question. Karma will be. Uh, these, these kind of schools are just always going to bring talent, and uh, we're really looking forward to playing them. We'll find out where we're at real quick. We've got to play Bloomington South right off the, right off the bat. We know how good they've been over the years, and, Certainly that'll be a big test for us. And then we finish up with Bloomington North at the end of the season, and I believe they're going to be loaded. So, yeah, top to bottom, it's, it's not going to be easy, but uh, nobody ever said it would be, and it makes it a lot of fun to have a competitive game and find out where you're at. No question about it. Jim Shannon of New Albany joining us. Coach, year number 38 for you as a head coach. That is unbelievable. Year number 24 at New Albany High School. It's always great to catch up, and I thought a great tie-in today, not only to talk about the Bulldogs for the upcoming season, but with Romeo's good start to the NBA preseason. We appreciate all of your insight today. Hey, Matt, thanks a lot. I appreciate you all having me. you got a great show. I try to tune in all the time when I can. I'm not teaching, and 
So we'll be tuning in this week. So thanks a lot, buddy. All right. Thank you very much, Jim Shannon of New Albany. Getting us started here on a Tuesday edition of the program, a little insight on Romeo Langford, his good start for the Celtics last night, and, of course, the New Albany team for the upcoming season. A tough schedule, Tucker Biven to headline things, but lots of interesting players on the New Albany roster this season that uh, have taken big steps forward in the offseason. That will be the key to see how the Bulldogs are able to hang with local teams like Jeffersonville, who Coach Shannon mentioned is maybe a top-five preseason team in 4A basketball for the upcoming year. And, of course, Floyd Central in that same conference and sectional will be big and will be very good as well. Going to be a fun year. We'll continue to slowly get ready for the upcoming high school basketball season. We'll talk with coaches and players from across the area as we get things underway coming up here in, what, just a month and a half or uh, or so, maybe just a little longer than that. But basketball season at the college level, at the high school level, almost here and preseason basketball, as we mentioned, with Romeo Langford for the Celtics. It is here last night, the opening night of NBA preseason play. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll talk the latest with IU basketball coming out of Hoosier hysteria. Send in your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you here on this Tuesday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line open. You can send us your questions and comments at 502-414-1450. Thornton's, you can download the Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day at Thornton's. And I hope to hear from you guys, the listeners, on our Thornton's text line as we have Mike Schumann ahead to talk IU basketball. Then a little later in the hour, Matt Weaver joins the program with the focus going to IU football. Mike, uh, glad to have you back with us. This is appearance number two on the program for you. You can read Mike's website, full coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers at thedailyhoosier.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier. I want to talk Hoosier hysteria with you today primarily to start from a recruiting perspective. I know you were at the event on Saturday afternoon and it's always a big event for prospects including some of the younger prospects in the state and beyond to check out what Mike Woodson has to offer, what this campus and Assembly Hall and other facilities are like. How would you score things from a recruiting perspective for the IU staff over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's two elements to it. I think there's kind of what you see kind of publicly, what we all saw with Hoosier Hysteria, and then what goes on behind the scenes. I think it's important to to keep in mind that, that this staff is really receiving high scores. Whenever, whenever I talk to recruits, that's the first thing that they, they say is how impressive they are with, with the staff, not just Coach Woodson, but the guys he has assembled 
to, to join him, including, you know, Fife and uh, Rosamond, Kenya Hunter, Thad Mata. It goes on and on. Um, I think that, that that's the thing that stands out the most. And so, you know, I think we focus on, on what we see publicly, but, but they spent, you know, for the most part, they spent the whole day there in Bloomington, some overnight starting on, on Friday or even Thursday. And, you know, spent time with, with Isaiah Thomas and, you know, spent time with, with all, all the staff and players and got to watch practices and things like that. So the, the experience goes much beyond what we all got to see publicly. You know, I, I think it's fair to say, I'm curious what you, th- you think about it, too, but I think it's fair to say that, that the actual event itself probably could be, you know, get mixed reviews. I think think it started out really with a with a bang. I, I think the you know like the introductions and the, the contests were really good, but then it kind of fizzled out. You know when when they went to you know more of a practice type setting, and you know I think a lot of people were expecting a, a scrimmage. You know those scrimmages aren't typically you know real intense or anything like that, but it's it's always fun to to, to watch the guys go full court, and, and ultimately that didn't happen, and things got a little little stale there at the end. Yeah, I think a big buzzkill was no up-and-down scrimmage at all. Even if you uh, do a five- or ten-minute little quick deal, even if some of the key players aren't available or it's uh, you know a health concern or having an issue, I think still to have some sort of scrimmage leaves people on a, on a positive note. So I agree with you. Great event overall. I thought Isaiah Thomas was uh, the headline. Just so intriguing to hear what he had to say, not just about Mike Woodson, but about the program and how emotional he was about things. But no question, as things went on, a little stale. I think that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, and I, I brought my wife and kids with me to, to that event. And they're they're more – my kids are young, so they, they don't really appreciate everything that's going on. And, and my wife's not a huge IU basketball fan. So I was just genuinely interested in what they thought because, because of that whole aspect, just from an entertainment aspect more than, you know – the things that you and I think about getting into the weeds on IU basketball and same, same reaction. It was, it was fun at the beginning and then it's like, okay, this got a little bit boring. So, you know, new, new, new coaching staff, new, new AD for, for stuff like this, you know, probably need to spend some more time and re-engineer it going forward. If it's something that they're going to keep doing. No question. Mike Schumann of the daily Hoosier is my guest. Mike, I thought you had a really interesting piece uh, that came out earlier this week about uh, two players on the IU roster that with all of the changes that have happened with IU basketball uh, in recent months, Archie Miller being fired and then Mike Woodson being hired and changes to the assistant coaching and the staff there for Mike Woodson and players coming and going, even some that could take their playing time as they return back for another year of IU hoops. Two players that never wavered in their support or commitment to be with the IU program from here on uh, were Anthony Leal and Trey Galloway, classmates uh, in high school basketball together, obviously at different schools. But uh, they remain committed, unwaveringly committed to IU basketball uh, through all the transitions that everyone went through in the offseason, and I think that's worth noting. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was fascinating. I mean, thinking back to that day when, when the news broke that the Archie was being let go, you know, it was just like an hour or two later that, that we saw tweets coming out. I think it was from Joe Tipton was the first one that, that did it. Basically had the message from both Leo and Galloway saying that they were committed to the program. And I remember thinking at the time, like, I'm not sure that this is real. I, I You know, Tipton's a pretty 
reputable guy, but it doesn't even make sense in this era of college basketball where players have so much, you know, freedom and they've been empowered to, you know, go into the transfer portal and all, all the other changes in the game. You know, why, why would anybody so quickly kind of come out and say that they're, they're sticking through, through this thing through thick and thin. And, and so that from that kind of launching point, I, I don't think we've ever, had the chance to speak with him since that happened so it was interesting on on media day last week to to get to hear from them as to to why that they felt it was important to do that i mean i think anthony leal you you could expect him to do that but you know still you still you never know in this era but but trey galloway you know those guys are good friends and they they were both on the same page and um you know i i think it it helps solidify things a little bit you know you you had so much uncertainty at the time, but you knew you at least had two guys coming back. It was at least, if you think back to the, you know, the the time from when Tom Crean took over, I think what you had one walk on that scored two points that, that started things for him. So, you know, you at least knew that you had a little bit better foundation to build from. And I think, you know, it, it helped other guys to, to ultimately reach that decision. So I think it was the story that needed to be told. I, I knew it as I was writing it that, that people would say, okay, well, you're, you're propping these guys up and you're making the other guys look bad because they went in the transfer portal. That, that wasn't the intent at all. And I tried to make that clear from the outset that you look, you know, I, I probably would have advised my kids to put their name in the transfer portal if that was the, the situation, because, you know, there is just so much uncertainty. They didn't know who the coach was going to be, who the teammates were going to be, what, you know, what their playing time scenarios would look like, all that stuff. And it's just kind of a protective measure to, to put your name out there. But, but for that reason, because all that is available to the players right now, the fact that Trey and, Trey and Anthony stuck their neck out and said, we're sticking with this thing anyway, I thought was all the more notable. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schumann of the DailyHoosier.com, my guest. Mike, with so much going on over the weekend, Hoosier hysteria into the IU football game at Penn State, I did not even have time to bring this up yesterday, but IU basketball with a release the same day of uh, Hoosier hysteria that the iconic floating heads poster, you know, everybody has them, businesses uh, hang them up. Uh, often you people, in I've seen them in garages, they keep them from years past of all the former IU teams. They really are a collector's item and just something that is iconic surrounding IU basketball in our state. They're coming out again this season. I believe they were available on Saturday uh, at Assembly Hall for those that wanted to purchase. The difference is this year uh, that Indiana players, through name, image, and likeness ability, are going to get some of the money for their picture, their head, their body uh, being on these iconic posters, which I think uh, is something that Indiana is, in some regards, leading the way with NIL opportunities for its current student-athletes. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think they found a way to strike a really good balance with that situation. I think what it ended up being like $2.98 for a poster, whereas it used to be free. But I, I think that's a low enough price point that, that fans can look at that and say, okay, I'm, I'm still getting the poster that I like. It's three bucks and it, it helps the, the players and put some money in their pocket. I, I think that's a really good balance, a really good way to, to go about you know a new opportunity for, for the players. So I, I thought that was a, a neat way to, to go about it for sure. Mike, I'm curious, name, image, and likeness, we see up close and personal because we're kind of in a bubble covering this Indiana team, all the opportunities that Indiana has created or is working to create to make it easier 
uh, for players, not just men's basketball players, but all in the athletic department, the program, to benefit and to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. I, I think we probably – I pay attention to other Big Ten schools probably first and foremost, but I really have tried to keep a watchful eye on unique name, image, and likeness deals that have been signed. I, I try to use them for discussion and fodder on this program as well. But as you look at things, do you feel like Indiana is a leader – has been a leader so far in helping create an environment and opportunities for name, image, and likeness success for current players because clearly that's going to be a big topic in recruiting for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel like there's been any like major headlines like what was it we saw with the Alabama quarterback that, that you know, signed up for basically a million bucks right off the bat. I mean, I haven't seen stuff like that, and I don't even know if it's realistic. There was a really interesting piece by Matt Norlander of CBS Sports yesterday uh, going through this. He talked to a ton of coaches and got their take on a number of issues, including, you know, whether or not there'll be more cheating in college sports because of NIL. But but one of the things that, that he talked about out of that was that, you know, if you really look at the NBA and, and the number of guys that – actually make a ton of money from endorsements it's really not that many it's i forget the number that he had but maybe like in the 15 to 20 uh, of nba players that are really doing a lot of stuff with, with endorsement big time endorsement deals so you know you trickle that down to to the college level and you know realistically you're, you're probably not talking about guys you know making millions <laughs> like we saw with the with the few of the headlines so i think people probably need to tamper back those expectations but but it's going to be interesting because there it it is a little bit of a wild west you you do have all these you know kind of unknown uh donors and and boosters that you know kind of always wanted to be involved and what how are they gonna find ways to to play in the space who who, what schools are going to be willing to to kind of navigate the gray or or even beyond the gray it's so unknown right now and i think iu historically has been very conservative in areas like this going all the way back to kind of the coach Knight era. And so I think they've got to go, they're going to have to, you know, make sure that they're on top of it while, you know, continuing to to operate the program in a a respectful way. But it's just a, it's just a fascinating time right now for college sports. I, I asked both race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis about, you know, just how much different things are being a, a student athlete now versus even, you know, when they joined the program and both acknowledge, yeah, it's, it's changed a ton. Mike, I would love to know when the recruiting process is unfolding and not just for Indiana, but for coaches across the country, how often name, image, and likeness is coming up with some of these student athletes that IU and other schools are recruiting and how different schools are spinning it to try to use that as an advantage or a reason why, in addition to facilities and success and tradition and all the other things that come up, I'm sure when Coach Woodson is is chatting with parents and high school coaches and even the the prospects themselves, I've got to believe that it has become a dynamic part of the recruiting process uh, to try to put your spin on how you can make some money legally uh, during uh, during the because of name, image, and likeness. Yeah, the, there is. I can tell you with certainty, based on conversations I have, that 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 has become a central point of the conversation here in the last couple of months since it, since it's became a, a real thing that that players can attain. And, and I don't think you know, even though it's not clear exactly how IU is going to put themselves at the forefront to capitalize on it. One thing that is clear is that the IU brand kind of naturally 
avails itself to, to players having more opportunities than than they would say at, say at some of the other schools. So I think you know it, it's it's IU's benefit to lose is, is probably the best way to look at it right now. That they, they they have a lot of people that that want to to be involved. They they have a lot of you know intangible value with, with that brand that can really help them. It's just a question of how are they gonna monetize that for the players and that they really can't do it themselves it's got to be kind of the the, the donor and booster community's got to come around uh and, and take the lead on that because the schools can't really negotiate or be involved in the deals but they they can kind of put the infrastructure in place to help make it happen all right mike schumann the daily hoosier mike before we let you go i want to pick your brain you follow recruiting very closely you were at hoosier hysteria this weekend give me a recruit whether it's someone in state or not whether it's someone in the 2023 class or not but someone that you feel there maybe is some buzz with based on what the recruit said to you or based on where Mike Woodson and the staff have been out in the fall evaluation periods is there a name that's uh coming uh maybe the hottest on your radar right now yeah, probably, you know, looking out beyond 2022, you obviously had the, the two commits there with C.J. Gunn and Jalen Huchifino. But looking out behind that class, probably the guy that, you know, seems to have a lot of mutual interest is, is Gabe Cups. And if people don't know that name, he's a point guard out of you know, the Dayton, Ohio area. Um, really, really what I would call a natural point guard really leads the team. You know, his father's the coach at the high school there at Centerville where he plays um, really has a, a point guard mindset with, as a facilitator and just kind of making the, the right play. Doesn't score a ton of points because of that. But, but I think there's a, there's a heavy attraction there both ways. I think 2023 is a class where Indiana wants a point guard, if not two, and so I'm losing track at this point. I think he's already been on campus two or three times. And so that kind of tells you a lot of the story. I'm planning, I've spoken to his father and planning to talk to him just to kind of get a debrief on what's going on. Cause I, I, I think that that is the one of all the guys that were there. And I think there are maybe eight or 10 guys there in total, but I think that's the one where I, I'm most intrigued by, by what's going on because I think he's a, he's a guy that clearly, is intrigued by Big Ten schools and clearly has a, an interest in Indiana based on just the, the amount of time he's been spending in Bloomington. Mike uh, Schumann of The Daily Hoosier. You can check his work at thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow him at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike, a pleasure to catch up once again. We'll, we'll do it again here nearby in the future. Matt, enjoyed it as always. Thank you. Absolutely. Mike Schumann with us to talk all things IU basketball here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Didn't really have time for headlines today because we're packing in three guests into the program, but I did want to mention that uh, a IU baseball got a big commit yesterday from an in-state player. He's actually from Jennings County, a member of the Hoosier Hills Conference. He's a baseball and basketball standout for the Panthers. His name is Jacob Vogel, and if you've seen Jennings County play basketball, you know he's he's quite the uh, athlete all the way around, but a big in-state commit for IU baseball, and uh, Jacob Vogel will be a name that we will hear and follow this winter with basketball and, of course, into the spring with baseball as well. So an in-state commit for uh, the IU baseball program from Jacob Vogel yesterday that is a big one. Stay with us. We'll be back with more here on this Tuesday program. Matt Weaver, the football writer for Peaks.com, joins us next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, with us here in this final segment. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Matt, uh, we got to start today with Tim Baldwin, Jr. He is transferring from the Indiana program. Uh, Coach Allen confirmed that on Monday in his uh, quick meeting with the media. Uh, reasoning there and what kind of loss is the Baldwin transfer uh, from the IU program, what kind of losses that to uh, IU football this season and beyond? Well, as far as the reasoning, I mean, you know, uh, Coach Allen was asked that and, and and you know didn't answer just like I would expect him not to. But let's be honest, when most guy most guys jump in the portal, it's a playing time decision. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, I mean, there may be other factors involved with some guys, but the majority of the time, it's a playing time factor. He was getting some playing time, but. He'd also had uh, some problems with fumbles. He fumbled, uh, had a huge fumble in the Cincinnati game late when Indiana was getting ready to score on the two-yard line. And then he also fumbled against I'm sorry, Western Kentucky, which was recovered by Indiana. But, you know, so, it's, you know, 28 carries, excuse me, 28 carries, he had two fumbles. It's not a good ratio. So I would say that there was probably some issue with playing time, and they were probably going to, you know, maybe give some other guys a chance since he was having some issues holding on to the ball. As far as the hit on the on the you know from the from the talent perspective, Tim Baldwin had talent. We saw that last year. He 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 had a good game against Maryland. He wasn't given a ton of opportunities last year, and this year he's given you know a little bit more. Um, you know there there is talent there. Uh, it's more of a depth thing. I mean, Stephen Carr is obviously the clear cut number one guy on this team. Um, you know now the, the you know the, the issue is if he would go down or have any kind of uh, injury where it keeps him out for a few games. You know, you're going to be turning to basically either a, fr- a true freshman or some or some guys who are walk-ons, and that's not to say they can't play, but they were non-scholarship players for a reason. You know, they were brought in as walk-ons. So, um, you know, I think it hurts from a depth standpoint. But you know, this happens when you have a new position coach come in. I, this is not surprising to me. Not that I thought Tim Ball would leave. It's just not surprising that some guys have left at the running back position. Uh, Dela McCullough is a straight shooter. He coaches a certain way, and, and not all guys are are going to be good fits for him. Talking with Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. Michael Penix, obviously, another big discussion point on Monday. He's got a shoulder separation injury and I think was described as week-to-week by Coach Allen. Will will you be surprised if between maybe an injury issue that's lingering and just the performance of Penix so far this season if Jack Tuttle doesn't start when the Hoosiers return from this bye week off? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, this is not any kind of insight or anything, but my gut tells me that Jack Tuttle's going to be the starter. I'll be surprised if he's not when they play. Um, I think it's the 16th when they get back on the field against Michigan State at home. So, um, you know, and uh, it's a shame. It's just, it's, it's, it's been it's such a, I don't say tragic, maybe that's too strong of a word. It's just been so disappointing for Michael Penix that he just can't stay on the field. Um, you know, and obviously this year he's been struggling on the field, but there's so much talent there, and I just – it's a shame that his body's not been able to hold up, and he's had some bad luck. It's not all that; it's just some bad luck with the knee and you know breaking the collarbone a couple t- couple years ago, and then now the shoulder the shoulder separation. 
Um, you know, and, and uh, but the performance, like you said, has not been there. Um, was it because of health? I, you know, I don't know. Um, he didn't look right to me in some of the games. He he looked like he had lost confidence. He looked like he was kind of shell shocked, to be honest. I, you know, especially Saturday night. So um, I thought Jack Tuttle came in and gave him a spark. He obviously made a poor throw there at the end, but he was he was decisive. He was confident. He stood in the pocket. He scanned the field, and when nobody was open, he took off and got some positive yards on the ground. So. You know, we'll see how how he does. I think I think they can win with Jack Tuttle. I think this team can can turn this season around. But you know, they got two weeks to get things figured out. Another thing around the quarterback topic I'm interested in: true freshman Donovan McCauley, who had just an outstanding high school career at Lawrence North. Uh, he would become the backup quarterback if Penix is still unavailable. And I'm not sure that we would see him uh, even with Tuttle on the field unless, God forbid, some sort of injury or issue with him as well. But I, I, I don't probably understand as much as you do just McCauley getting more opportunities in practice with Penix out this week and next week will be helpful, I would think, to his development because as you look ahead, maybe even next season, he is someone that is projected to be able to help this IU football team. Yeah, and and you know, <clears throat> I, I hope uh, that you may be wrong about him getting an opportunity. And when I say that, you know, I think this is Jack Tuttle's this is Jack Tuttle's job, and this not, this is not his offense. But Donovan McCauley is a big, athletic kid. I mean, he I saw him play multiple times in high school. He's got a great arm, but he can really run. And if there's a package you can put in, I mean, what's what's, what's been the biggest issue for this team on offense, other than the struggles of Michael Penix, has been the run game. They can't run the ball. And if there's a way you can do something to spark that. You know, I, I, I would do it. I know people talked about, you know, trying to redshirt him. Let's be honest. In today's day and age, the chances of keeping a quarterback for five years are really slim and none. I mean, it's just not going to happen anymore. I'm not saying Don McCauley is going to transfer from Indiana, but history tells you that guys, the court, especially at the quarterback position, aren't going to stay for five years if they're not playing. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying if he doesn't play this year, he's going to bowl. I'm just saying I you, you need to win games. And to me, you get the best players on the field you possibly can. Uh, I think Don McCauley is talented enough to help them win games, maybe not playing a full-time role, but using them in some kind of a, I don't want to say gadget because that seems kind of cheesy, but some kind of a, a specialized role for him where you can maximize his ability, especially his ability to make plays with his legs. Um, I, I would be all for it. I'm not a coach. It's not my decision, but that's what I would do if it was me. You know, We'll see how it plays out. But you're right. The, the reps he's going to get working with the twos going forward – however long Michael Penix is out, are going to be really, really valuable for his development as a player. Talking IU football with Matt Weaver of Peaks.com. Matt, uh, after the bye week for IU, they're going to take on Michigan State. The Spartans were victorious 48-31 over Western Kentucky over the weekend. And, of course, IU fans are very familiar with Western Kentucky and how tough they are uh, as a football program. Michigan State off to its best start since 2015, now 5-0 and on the season, a game that I think we all looked at just a month or two ago and thought, eh, that's probably a win for IU football is no longer by any stretch of the imagination a guaranteed win for this team. In fact, Indiana's going to have a very tough go of it against Michigan State. Yeah, they've, they've, I have not had a chance to watch them a ton. I watched them a little bit against Nebraska. I did not see their game Saturday against Western Kentucky. And I know probably a lot of people are going to look at the score and be like, well, they're 15 points better because Indiana won 33-31. And that might be fair. I would say in the Indiana-Western Kentucky game, there was four times Indiana got the ball down in Western Kentucky, you know, deep in their territory and weren't able to get touchdowns. And 
not taking anything away from Michigan State or making excuses for Indiana, but there were some plays there where, you know, the inaccuracy and the struggles of Michael Penix came out. I think he struggled in that game as well as he played in parts of it. He struggled in the red zone to give his guys a chance to make plays, which is something that he struggled with all year. So, I, you know, I, I think this is, a, to me, this is as big of a game in the Tom Allen era as I think there's been. Um, you're two and three. If you win this game, you still have a shot to go uh, – go to a bowl game which to me is right now has got to be one of the most important you know goals for this team you got to keep that going and there's still some winnable games left maryland rutgers minnesota purdue are all games that indiana can compete in and win you know Ohio state and michigan are going to be tough i don't want to say they can't win it but those are going to be really difficult games but there's still enough opportunities to get four more wins and if you're two and four going into Ohio State, man, you're really going to be putting yourself uh, in a in a bad spot because it's probably going to be two and five, and you're going to have to go win four out of five to finish the season. That's not easy to do in the Big Ten. So this is a huge game. I think they can win it, but Michigan State's playing well. They got a ton of confidence, a lot of momentum, and Indiana has got two weeks, like I said, to get things figured out and come out on the 16th and and get things back on track. Matt, let's close with the Big Ten football big one this weekend: the unbeaten's Iowa. And Penn State will hook up, of course, Indiana fans, I'm sure, all to uh, remember too much the Iowa game, how that turned out. And, of course, just this past weekend getting blanked by Penn State on the road. Two very good football teams that are off to tremendous starts. So what do you think happens in this big Big Ten showdown? Well, you got you got two good, two pretty good defenses. And, obviously, Iowa's playing great defense. And I think Penn State's playing pretty good defense, too. Uh, you know, I'll be surprised if it's a very high-scoring game, um, unless there's mistakes or turnovers or things like that. You know, we talked about the, these two teams last week. I, I still give the edge a little bit after watching both of them to Penn State because I think offensively they're a little bit more. They have a little bit more big playability, um, but it's a it's the game is at Iowa, and that's obviously that's going to give them a big advantage. That's a very difficult place to play in. Um, but I think it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it with an off weekend. I can kind of just sit around and, and watch some football and, and, and check out other teams. So I, that's the game I've got circled that I'm definitely going to be watching and tuned into. And it should be a heck of a game. I think I think you can make a case it's the two best teams in the Big Ten. I mean, you know, Ohio State has, has gotten better. Michigan's playing well. But I think you can make a case. I mean, on the West, Iowa's clearly the best team. It's not even close. I mean, the West is really – it's not very good this year, other than Iowa. It's really taken a, a lot of those teams have fallen off big time. And then the East, Ohio State's down a little bit, but Penn State looks better. Michigan looks better, like I said. And I think it's going to be a heck of a game. And, and these might be the two teams that are playing in the Big Ten Championship. This might be a preview of the Big Ten title game. Yeah, no question. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, our guest. Matt, as always, thanks for the chat on IU football. We'll catch up again very soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good week. Nice uh, week in Big Ten football in addition to that uh, Iowa-Penn uh, State game. You've got Maryland at Ohio State, Michigan State at Rutgers, Wisconsin at Illinois, Michigan at Nebraska. Obviously the headline game there, the game Matt and I spoke about, uh, uh, Penn State and Iowa should be a great college football game this weekend. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available each day on Apple Podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We'll be back uh, with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.